Here we go, history in the making. Green, green, green. As we enter the round of eight, only one quarter of the remaining field has won a championship before. So does that mean an overwhelming odds that we'll have a first-time champion? Hi, this is Brett McMillan. You're listening to the Riley Auto Parts Pit Reporters. With me this week, Reed Spencer of the NASCAR Wire Service and Lee Spencer from CatchFence.com. It's the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters on the Performance Racing Network. Presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. Now, here's your host, Brett McMillan. Hey, welcome to the show. Glad to have Lee and Reed here. And Lee, we're down to the final eight. As you look at this, any really big surprises as you really look at who's left? No, I don't think so. I, you look at it, their work as a whole, and... Bubba Wallace put in a valiant effort, grew tremendously from 2022, but just didn't have the points to advance, right? Ross Chastain didn't have the equipment to advance. Um, Brad Keselowski, you kind of got the feeling it was going to be he or Busher, and Busher's won all year. So I really kind of thought he was the weaker link, right? And then who's left? Kyle Busch. I mean, when you think about it, two champions knocked out in this round that just shows you how stout the field is but on the other side of that we have two first timers in the round of eight with tyler reddick and chris busher and i heard joey logano talk about a changing of the guard a little bit on on the morning drive and i have to agree with him we are starting to see a turnover now and you know with kevin harvick leaving He's kind of the last of a generation. Kurt Busch had to leave prematurely. Denny Hamlin was just coming in on the end of that. So I think we're starting to see a new generation of drivers emerge. And we saw that in the round of 12 and now the round of eight. Do you agree that uh, there really no big surprises, Reed? The the surprise to me is that Martin, skin of his teeth, Truex, (laughs) survived two rounds, six races with a best finish of 17th and an average finish of about 21. Um, that, to me, you know, I would have expected with that kind of result that he would have been bumped out, but as regular season champion and having 36 points to start the playoffs with and getting them back to start every round, he rode those playoff points to the round of eight. And that's why he's still in the playoff. Uh, you know, he, he ended up ousting Ross Chastain by 12 points, those 36 points sure came in handy. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, that's the balance, I think, Lee, that NASCAR was looking for. I mean, it's been the age-old you know, debate in NASCAR. Do you reward wins or do you reward consistency? Well, the consistency in the regular season got Martin Truex Jr. the regular season championship plus some wins, and that's now paying off for him big time as it's it's what no, very simply has kept him alive. I mean, I, I talked to him after Bristol. He was... It was a grin of almost relief when he got out of the car rather than satisfaction he'd moved on. It was relief. And I, I would have bet anything that he could he would never have believed he could have finished nineteenth at Bristol and still advanced out of that first round of the playoffs. And to Reed's point, you know, he did not have a great second round and still advances. I wrote a story about Martin and Kyle Larson because neither one of them set the world on fire when you look at what Kyle Larson did in the first round I think his average you know finish was somewhere between two and three I mean it was like a really low you know second and third it was like he was spun on second one 
MIA, but Truex was even worse, right? And you go back and you look at Truex's body of work since August. He has not led a lap since Daytona. And, you know, that that's pretty strong. And he hasn't had a top five since August, hasn't had a, you know, top 10 since August. I mean, he, it's been like top 15, top 15. And that's not going to get you to the championship four round. And, and they have to be looking really hard at that. And, you know, as Reed said, one of the biggest penalties in all of this is the fact that now Martin Truex Jr., the number 19, is not in the owner's championship anymore. And that's where the money is held handed out. And so that's, you know, that is a huge miscue on the 19s part. Well, and for fans that don't understand, there there are two championships. You know, the fans and, and the media, we really don't talk much about the owner's championship. But to, to Lee's point... That's where the money is for the teams. That's where the big money is. The car that is in the owner's championship that's not competing for the driver's championship, that's Chase Elliott's car. That's the number nine car because they were continuing to accumulate points while Chase Elliott was not in the car, but that car continued to run and they continued to get points. They are still competing for the owner's championship. Go ahead, Reed. And, and, and Chase has certainly accumulated more points in the playoffs than Truex has. I mean, you know, that's one sort of fallacy that uh, – you know, it, had Chase been in the driver's championship, he would have knocked Truex out. But since he wasn't, you know, he knocked him out of the owner's championship. But, you know, when you talked about consistency, you were absolutely right. I mean, it was three wins and consistency that got Truex into the playoffs as the regular season champion. And it's been consistency uh, from bad to mediocre that in, in every single race so far, that's basically made him sweat out getting to the next round every time. Well, Lee, I look at these eight that are still alive, and there are only two former champions in that eight, and that is Kyle Larson and Martin Truex Jr. So would you say now that the odds are maybe overwhelming we'll have a first-time champion? Absolutely, because I just really... The inconsistency with the number five car, I think that that's really what has been held them back. And... You know, Larson has the talent and, and Cliff has the leadership to keep them in the hunt. I just don't know that without putting up the numbers or win, will he advance? Um, every crew chief, every driver you talk to over the last two weeks, especially if they were locked in, you know, the Byrons of the world, Blaney, Hamlin, because he had enough of an advantage. They were all had their set eyes set on Las Vegas. Las Vegas, if you saw what happened last year with Joey Logano and Paul Wolf, you win Las Vegas, you have the next two weeks to work on Phoenix. That is money in the bank. And so I think that that's really been what most of the teams, at least the elite out of that bunch, has really pushed for. Reed, as you look at that now, you know, with two of the only two of the eight remaining that have former champions, would you say the odds are overwhelming we have a first time champion? Well, yeah, because I would have to say that William Byron right now is my odds-on favorite to win the whole thing. I mean, he's won at the next racetrack this year. He's won at the last racetrack this year. So, um, you know, I, I think that, that, you know, from a points position, he's in a great position to advance to the championship four. He's already won at Phoenix. So I think he would be my choice to win the championship. Um, I think you know, you take one of those former champions, Martin Truex. I personally don't think that 
you can take an average finish of 21st going into the the round of eight and all of a sudden turn it on and set the world on fire. So I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I mean, yes, the tracks are good for Truex, but I'd say that they're equally good for Byron. And I also don't think that you can discount Tyler Reddick at Homestead who won two Xfinity championships. there running the wall and that's where they're going for the second race in the round. So um, yeah, I, I think there probably will be a first time champion. I think the Reddick upsets for those Xfinity championships, because, Reed, you remember going down to Homestead and all this excitement building up, and you thought, oh, it's going to be Bell, or it's going to be this guy, that guy. Your money was not on Reddick. And so what does Reddick do? He not only goes and wins with JRM, after he gets booted for JRM and goes to Richard Childress Racing, he wins with Richard Childress Racing, too based on his performance at Homestead. He's just that good there. He is definitely somebody that could surprise you. And I've got to tell you, speaking with Reddick on pit road after the race, he wasn't relieved. His mind is already focused on Las Vegas, winning at Las Vegas, winning at Homestead, doing whatever it takes to get that car, the 45 in victory lane and move forward. And I got to tell you, he was so subdued. I mean, just so relaxed and laid back. Um, It was almost frightening. I mean, I would have loved to have checked his pulse at that point because he was one cool customer. Well, I I think some of that was the fact that he was disappointed not to win the race because he knew he had a race-winning car. But since no first-stage winner has ever won at the Roval, um, has ever gone on to win that same race, um, I, I think... Once they made the choice to stay out and take the playoff point and the 10 stage points, which were critical to their effort, um, I think they were resigned to the fact that they weren't going to win. And although, I mean, Reddick did a masterful job, unlike any other car in that race of driving up through the field and getting back into the, uh, you know, getting back into the top five when he did, but, you know, they, they could have taken a lesson or a page from Christopher Bell, who did short pit the stage and ended up coming back and restarting fifth after he advanced. So, you know, Reddick was ahead of bell at that point. He could have pitted, he could have come back and gotten some stage points and probably gone on to win the race, but they were taking the sure thing. Well, I want to talk about the Roval because it's back on the schedule next year. There were rumors it would not be, but it's back on the schedule. And some people don't particularly like it as a cutoff race, but I want to talk to you guys about that when we come back. Protect your vehicle's engine with Syntec and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Syntec Premium Full Synthetic Motor Oil is formulated for today's engines to dissipate heat and friction and reduce wear. Get five quarts of Syntec Full Synthetic and a MicroGuard Select filter for just $33.99. Limit supplies, see store for details. Get Syntec only at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. When it comes to maintaining your engine to run at peak performance, trust ZMAX Micro Lubricant. ZMAX soaks into metal and it's so easy to add to your oil or gas to disperse carbon buildup in your engine, fuel system, and transmission. Protect your vehicle's engine to the max with ZMAX. Check us out at ZMAX.com or visit us on Facebook and Twitter to find out more about our full line of products. ZMAX for your car, big rigs, small engines, firearms, and more. That's ZMAX Micro Lubricant, available at your favorite auto parts store. Want to hear one of our past shows? Visit goprn.com. This is PRN, 
the Performance Racing Network. If you have a chance to make a difference in a kid's life, you need to take full advantage of that opportunity. For those kids to know somebody has their back, somebody is caring about them, thinking about them when they feel like nobody is. Anything that I can do now to support Speedway Children's Charities, I do because I've seen the work firsthand. We owe it to children, no matter where they come from. Unfortunately, there is no end to some of the terrible atrocities in our world. Speedway Children's Charities can feel really good that we are getting the, the most good out of every dollar that's given. At Speedway Children's Charities, our mission is simple. Help every child we can. Because all children deserve joy and hope and love. And if one child is still in need, then there's still work to do. Because their future is our future. And there's still so much they can teach us. Find out more at speedwaycharities.org. Check out all of our show pages on goprn.com to find archive shows and more. Now, back to the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. And welcome back along with Reed Spencer from the NASCAR Wire Service and Lee Spencer from catchfence.com. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. And Reed, we were talking about the Roval before the break, and it was interesting. I had a chance to talk to Billy Scott, the crew chief for Tyler Reddick. But during the race, it was during the, the final stage, and he said, you know, we feel like we got a the car that go out there and win and they dominated the early part of the race. He said, but we don't want to risk what we've got. And so you wonder if that means that is this, I don't know if it would make any difference if the role of the first race in a stay in a, you know, in, in a round or the second race, because if you got to protect the points you've got, then rather than racing for a win, if you're in the playoffs, you're in the play, you've got to worry about that no matter what where the race falls in the round right yeah it, but i think i think it was a unique circumstance on sunday because you had three drivers um truex tyler reddick kyle larson who were all within one point covered by one point in that last stage of the race as they ran it in those positions and you know they had to be sure that they were ahead of everyone else in other words reddick and larson were ahead of truex um if for whatever reason william byron um you know had had gotten into it on the on the last lap there and we'd had a wreck up front and kyle bush had won the race because that was that would have knocked martin truex out of the picture um if kyle bush had gone on to win but as it turned out he was third by three seconds, so didn't happen. But I don't think they they were in a position to take chances. And in Reddick's case, they made that decision in the first stage when they stayed out to get the stage points, to get the 10 extra uh, stage points and the one playoff point at the end of the stage rather than short pitting. So, you know, I think their die was cast at that point because, as as we said, the, um, the winner – of the first stage of a Revel race has never gone on to win that race. I think Lee, you know, I thought it was again, an entertaining race and certainly an emotional win for AJ Allmendinger. The first time this year, we've had a guy win in the playoffs who was not a playoff driver. I thought it was a great race. I really love seeing, um, AJ win because you have that raw emotion, that genuine 
emotion. This is a kid who his mother told him at a very young age, AJ, do you want new shoes for school or would you rather have a set of tires for your go-kart? And he chose the tires. This is not a silver spoon kid. This is a kid who worked so hard for everything all along the way. And you heard that emotion and that satisfaction and the gratitude pour out of him when he, after he took the checkered flag. And I got to tell the race fans, you better enjoy that now because the next generation of kids, there aren't the assistance programs, I think is probably a nice way to put it, for drivers that have tremendous talent but lack the funding to get to that next level. So, you know, what what you got with AJ is so above the top, so genuine. And I think that we need that. You know, I saw something very similar with Michael McDowell, um, mm-hmm. you know, at Indy. It was you know, a very similar kind of emotion. These are people who have worked extremely hard to get to the top level. And he explained that. He said, you don't understand. He goes, I'm crying, but you don't understand. This is the highest level of racing. And you know, we were at Rolex when he won the the silver anniversary Rolex, and, and you know it, it was quite the party, right? But this so meant something to him, and with everything going on at Colleague right now, and everything up in the air, you know, I think it meant that much more because he knows his opportunities to win NASCAR Cup races are quite limited. Well, and I think Reed, you know, at the beginning of this year, everybody caught us. Oh wait, we got what was it? Six road six course road races course. this year. Well, AJ's going to win one of them or two of them, and he's going to be in the playoffs. Well, he didn't win any of them until the Roval. He was not in the playoffs. And I know at Indianapolis, he was just beating himself up, and he, he, I wasn't sure he was going to make it till the end of the year. He was so discouraged. Well, it, I, I think you're right. Six road courses, the previous five, which were in the regular season, Colic Racing did not give him a car that was capable of running up front. I mean, that was the issue. They did. Um, I, I recognized on, on Saturday during qualifying that, okay, you know, he's got a car this week and, you know, fortunately for AJ, the two cars that would have beaten him, I picked him to finish top three. Uh, the two cars that would have beaten him, Tyler Reddick chose the strategic call to stay out at the end of the first stage. And the other car that would have beaten him, Chase Elliott got absolutely hosed by, uh, BJ McLeod's accident which closed pit road right before he got to it and prevented him from shorting the stage and and (laughs) prevented him from staying up front and potentially winning the race because i mean at that point chase had a five second lead and um it looked to me like he had the best car at that point but with reddick and chase elliott out of the way that opened the door for aj to win the race well that leads to the question you alluded to a little bit lee I mean, there's been a lot of talk that, that AJ is going to go back to the Xfinity series next year, especially with a new baby at home and gets him home on Sundays. I mean, what do we know at this point? That I mean, that's a really good question. I mean, the latest thing that I was told, um, you know, and, and we were kind of teased that there might be Carson Host for our news today, and, and I expect him to be at Spire, but then somebody threw out, no, he's going to Colleague. And so, um, but the, the most... The most rumor, the rumor that I've had most repeated 
were in regards to colleague is the fact that Ty Dillon will go over there and then, you know, he's got a sponsorship with the lawnmower company and um, they would be, you know, get a little bit of benefit from the ECR engine program. So, um, you know, but where does that leave HA? And, you know, if, if you're colleague, don't you get a third car ready for HA to run the road courses regardless? And, I mean, if I'm Matt Colleague or Chris Rice, I have to think seriously about that, even if he does go back and run Xfinity, which, you know, would be a cherry deal. But it, I'll tell you, on Sunday, it sure as hell didn't sound like he, that's what he wants to do, doesn't it? I mean, it really, he sounds like a guy that wants to go cup racing. Well, I, I think so. And, you know, the 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 brass at Colleague Racing, Chris Rice and Matt Colleague, were being pretty mealy-mouthed about the uh, the whole deal in the press conference on Sunday. I mean, Chris writes, direct quote from his mouth, A.J. Allmendinger deserves to be in a cup car. So what does that mean? And then they wouldn't say, you know, we've decided what we're going to do, they said, but we haven't announced it yet. And so, 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 you know, well, why don't you announce something right now? No, we're not going to do that. Well, and then Uh, he said on, on morning drive that he, you know, AJ has a say in what happens. So, I mean, it's like, it gets cloudier and cloudier rather than clearer. And, and I think AJ wants to run cup. Sounds that way. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it all plays out. Well, let's go back to kind of the, the the original question that we started this segment with. (laughs) Do you believe the Roval's a good race to into, into, you know, a round of the playoffs in? Reed? I I do. I like it. I mean, I like the Roval. Um, I think it's one of the more interesting road courses that we have because it combines the uh, technical aspects of Sonoma, the high speed aspects of Watkins Glen. It's got, you know, the oval portion of the race where horsepower matters. And it's got the infield portion, which is very tricky, where handling matters a lot. And I think there was a lot of suspense in that race with Kyle Busch chasing the two leaders to the finish line um, with the potential of, of completely turning the playoffs around. So, yeah, I like it as a, as a closing race. Lee? It's unique. It creates drama. And there's so much going on on the road course. And as we saw, um, different penalties to come with making mistakes. If you make a mistake on that road course, you're going to pay for it. And whether it's time Can you say or, Keselowski? Or I mean. Keselowski, Hamlin. Um, you know, and even Bubba, which that to me, there's got to be a better way to officiate something that you weren't, you did not trigger yourself spinning off the course. It was caused by, you know, in his case, it was caused by, by Daniel Suarez, but, um, you know, you hate that he had to pay the price for something like that. But Bubba's undoing was, he should have stopped. Well, that. But Bubba's undoing was the same thing that was Reddick's undoing, and that was finishing the stage and not short pitting. Uh, because as it turned out, short shorting the stage is the only way to go there, particularly in the first stage. And he stayed out, and he never, unlike Reddick, he never got the track position back. Yep. Well, and it's the one road course race that you can go to and see the entire track. Absolutely. Absolutely right. That's right. And so next year, there will be two road courses in the playoffs. If we haven't had a chance to talk about the schedule, we'll do that when we come back. 
How would you like to get high-speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day? That's right. For about 50 bucks a month, you'll get lightning-fast internet. Are you paying less than 50 bucks a month right now for your internet? Then call Whole Home Connect right now for blazing-fast internet at 50 bucks a month with no price increases, no hidden fees, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. It's a great deal. And guess what? You can try it for 15 days. If you don't like it, you get your money back. But you're going to love it. And you're going to love the price. Internet for your home for 50 bucks a month. That's less than 2 bucks a day. Plus, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. And our 15-day guarantee. Call now. 800-748-0593. 800-748-0593. That's 800-748-0593. We've got more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters in a moment. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Hey there, it's Kathy Martindale and Paul Shad on ZMAX Racing Country Classic. Hey, we're back. Come on to Nashville. It's Kathy and Vince Gill. Who do you find it hardest to keep up with, musicianship-wise? I just feel like an adequate guitar player compared to some of the people that I just love and admire and really think are spectacular. The majority of the people that I learned to play the instrument from are still around. ZMAX Racing Country Classic. I've been driving trucks for a long time. Safety is my number one priority. I know that my truck has huge blind spots. That's why I remember to check my mirrors often for smaller vehicles. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're behind the wheel, try to avoid lingering in those blind spots. It can be dangerous. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. Check us out on YouTube at GoPRN Live. Now, more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. Hey, welcome back along with Lee Spencer from CatchFence.com, Reed Spencer from the NASCAR Wire Service. I'm Brett McMillan. Glad to have you with us. Lee, we didn't have a chance to talk about the schedule last week as it came out after we recorded the show. Uh, we did talk about, we knew that Io had been added to the schedule uh, when we did the show last week, but... Uh, I tell you the most interesting thing we talked about going into the break, two road courses now in the playoffs as you have now Watkins Glen and the Roval. And now because the way the calendar worked next year, because you got a two week break for the Olympics, which NBC wanted, uh, you now have Daytona is no longer the cutoff race for the playoffs. It is now Darlington and the first race in the playoffs is going to be Atlanta. So you're going to have two super speedway races in a three week period. Not only are you going to have two super speedway races, then you have two super speedways to start the year off. And then you go to the West Coast, right? So if you destroy your cars at Daytona and Atlanta, and then you got to go off to Las Vegas and Phoenix, you damn well better have a really good fabrication apartment <laughs> and a big checkbook to pay for parts, right? Because it's it's going to be something in both those instances, help me out, instances to pull everything together and make it work well that's that's absolutely true and because of the way the schedule starts 
you're going to have to build twice as many speedway cars as you normally would because you don't have time to repair them between races. So you're going to have to have, you know, everything you need for Daytona for the duels and for the Daytona 500. Then you're going to have to have speedway cars and backups for Atlanta. So you're going to have to spend most of your winter building speedway cars in order to get ready for the season. Well, like you said, then you go out west and you got the, you know, two basically intermediate tracks out west. And then you come back east again and you're going to Texas two times in a three week period, I think. Yeah. I think there's, because you got Coda and then you got two weeks and then you got Texas, which moves from the fall into the spring, which means hopefully no more face of the sun type weather. Well, you can shine your spurs for your boots in between races, right, Brett? But hey, uh, hey, at least we're not racing at the road course in Qatar. Yeah, there. Well, <laughs> great. Yeah, I don't know. It couldn't have been any worse. <laughs> that's right. But, but Texas moving to the spring is you know so that's going to be interesting from to have to the, both races that are in Texas next year will be you know in less than a month. You have to try something with Texas. You know, Texas is trying to figure out what it needs to do to bring the fans back. And, I, you know, I don't understand it. This car is, like, custom-made for tracks like Texas. You expect it to be really competitive. And if you move it to the spring, you don't have to comp- compete with football, which is the national sport of Texas, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. um, I think that, you know, at least that's something. Just trying to get away from hunting season, from football, from whatever else— whatever other excuse that Texans and people from that region have for not attending the races. Well, I, I I think also that, I mean, I'm, I'm waiting, you know, with no particular information for them to announce something about plans for Texas motor speedway, because for one thing, um, we're racing earlier next year, there IndyCar is off the schedule at Texas motor speedway next year. But Rogers Penske says, seems to say that it's going to be just for one year. So I've got to think that they've got some renovation plans for the track. I think they went overboard with flattening turns one and two there when they reconfigured the track and made it less racy because of that. And, you know, more dangerous in terms of, of the exit to turn two in terms of spinning out things like that. So, you know, I'm waiting to hear something about Texas and what the future plans may be. Well, how do you like the changes to the playoffs? You know, a lot of people have talked about they feel like it shouldn't be the same 10 tracks every single year. And next year, you know, as we talked about, Watkins Glen is in and also Atlanta is in. Texas is out. And I'm trying to think the other track is out. Is it uh, Rich? Well, Richmond's been out. Richmond's uh, been out. Uh, I mean, Darlington's out. So Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I guess that's what it would be. Yeah, Darlington's out. I mean, I look at it from the standpoint, the biggest change that we need to see with the playoff races is the season finale, the championship four race needs to move around. And I know you're very limited because of weather restrictions, but um, Phoenix is a fabulous destination. I think we we would all agree. We love going to Phoenix, love going to Scottsdale, love, you know, taking our, our clubs and you know playing and and what have you wonderful restaurants wonderful clubs but the racing has not been scintillating now nascar met with the drivers uh over the weekend here in charlotte and discussed what you know some of the things that they're looking at they have a test planned um after phoenix drivers are going to stay there they're going to work on the short track package because it desperately needs something 
Um, you, one of the reasons that they went to so many road courses on the current schedule is simply the fact that road courses organically promote side-by-side racing. And, um, you know, that's what the fans are looking for. That's what they ask for, side-by-side racing. For whatever reason, the next-gen car on short tracks and with the road courses has not put on scintillating product that we had seen in the past and so it kind of did a complete reversal um from what we saw but they are going to work on the short track package uh once the season's over and hopefully they'll come up with something big because not only are we going to have iowa and we want to make a splash there so fans turn up and and come back but we have two bristol races now yep (laughs) um you know dirt's going away and so we're back at bristol so that's one other short track to consider on the on the calendar and and really you have to consider you know new hampshire and phoenix a short track as well but by the way they race and and the packages that they use um i mean the drivers know what they need they know and they've been saying it for ever since we put these packages in place they need to have the horsepower restored at the short track and obviously there are a lot of issues and a lot of expense involved with that but that's what they need and they need more control over the cars and consequently the ability to save their tires to get off off the corner to prevent wheel spin whatever to use their skill in order to make those tracks more racy and you know i don't know what nascar's NASCAR so far has resisted that idea, but I think really that's probably the answer. Well, and the other big change that we know about, we kind of knew about this one coming in, was that Indianapolis for the 30th anniversary of the Brickyard is going back to the Oval, which I'm all for because I think that's the reason you go to Indianapolis. I agree with you. Um, You know, from a historical perspective, that's what you want to see. That's what the fans want to see. You want to add a second race on the road course? You know, that's a whole different ballgame. But, um, you know, especially the new car. I think the new car will perform better. And that's been one of the reasons that they went to the road course. They wanted to see something racier. They thought the road course might give them a a better product on that track um, as opposed to the, the big track. But... Um, with this new car, I'm really excited to see what we get once we get, you know, 38, 40 cars on there next, uh, next summer. I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I'm all for racing on the oval at Indy. It's the 30th anniversary. I hope we start racing on the oval permanently there because to me, the Grand Prix course there is the least exciting of the road courses that we go to. And, you know, they did fix the problem with turn one there where everybody was piling into that by moving the start finish line, um, you know, the starting zone for the race, which they've done at other road courses as well, which I think also makes a positive difference. But um, I think that the next gen car and the package that we have with that for downforce tracks is going to make the racing better at Indy than it has been, you know, ever since about 2000. All right, going to be interesting to see. When we come back, we talked a little bit about A.J. Allmendinger and what's his future. What else is sitting out there? Who else has an uncertain future? We'll talk about that when we come back. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. It's Superstart Battery Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Get up to a $25 gift card after rebate with the purchase of select Superstart batteries. Our professional parts people will test your old battery for free and recommend the right battery for your vehicle. For power, performance, and reliability, choose Superstart batteries only at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
starts. Make your plans now to stay at the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa next March when NASCAR returns to Las Vegas. They have great race ticket and room packages for you to choose from. The South Point also features a wide variety of excellent dining options at 11 different restaurants. Or you can enjoy the 16-screen movie complex and visit the 64-lane bowling center. Visit southpointcasino.com and make your reservations today. Stay with a racer. Stay at the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa. More of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters in a moment. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Time to pull down on the handle and start rolling them here at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. The green flag flies at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. We're about to contest the Coca-Cola 600. We're racing at Texas Motor Speedway. Now Keselowski goes way up the racetrack. Here comes Harrison Burton. He rockets to the lead. Trouble. Car goes around. It's Chris Buescher. Joey Logano battles to the outside. They come back to the start finish line. Bubba Wallace looks inside. And now here's Byron. Takes a quick left to block him. They head back to one. Here goes Ross Chastain. He's going to the bottom of the racetrack. Bubba goes up. Blaney hits the outside wall off of turn two. Can Christopher Bell do anything with him? He gets down to the bottom of the racetrack. Frisco dives to the bottom of the racetrack. Side by side. They get loose. They spin. Now Tyler Reddick does the 360. So does Frisco. Heading into turn number seven as he wraps it around. The crowd is cheering for Daniel Suarez here on this final lap. Albert Digger gets into Alex Bowman. Ross Chastain back out to the front for the final time. This is PRN. Download our free mobile app to listen to the show and more great PRN content on the go. Now back to the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters. If your wiper blades are chattering, skipping, or squeaking, then you need to purchase new wiper blades. You can get them at O'Reilly Auto Parts. And if you do so, they'll install them for free. So see better, drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Stop by today or learn more at O'ReillyAuto.com. Come. And we welcome you back along with Reed Spencer from the NASCAR Wire Service and Lee Spencer from CatchFence.com. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. A uh, little uh, silly season news going on. Uh, one thing that was announced uh, this week, Matt Kenseth is coming back, kind of. He's going to Legacy Motor Club with his buddy Jimmy Johnson. He's going to be the competitive advisor. Fancy title. What does it mean, Lee? I, I think it means he's he's going to babysit the drivers while Jimmy's in England. <laughs> you know, plain, plain and simple. Uh, but, you know, with his depth of commitment to the sport and to physical fitness, I mean, I, I see Matt jogging, you know, through Davidson in the morning. He's out riding his bike. He's in really good shape. Um, you know, he gives that organization the opportunity to kind of have a, a conduit over to Toyota because he did he does know what it's like to use all the resources at Toyota. He worked with Eric Jones during, you know, the Joe Gibbs racing days and uh Joey Cohen, who's, you know, over there, um, they work together at Roush Fenway Racing. And so um I, I think that he will be a really good addition as far as working with young drivers like John Hunter Nemechek and and Eric Jones and helping with the transition to Toyota next year. Yeah, two comments. Jimmy needed a bicycle partner. Um, no, that's true. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and, and and Matt didn't particularly enjoy the use of the uh, Toyota simulator. Uh, there you go. All right. <laughs> that makes sense. All right. Hey, uh, 
Over at Stuart Haas, we still don't know what Eric Almirola's plans are for next year. You know, he retired and then came back. So do we have any idea what he's going to do next year? Or is he, he may have decided, but has he told anybody, Lee? Well, I've, I've heard multiple things. One of the scenarios had him running the Xfinity Series with Smithfield over at Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, since then, I've been told that Smithfield is going to concentrate on MLB football and the ESPN corn ter- Cornhole Tournament. So uh, I was even told Coach Gibbs went up and, and, you know, advocated for Smithfield to join JGR. So, you know, interesting little nugget there. The latest I've heard of about Eric, though, is that he could possibly take on a role with Ford where he would be a driver coach, driver advisor, very similar to what Josh Wise does in the Chevrolet camp. And and you hear drivers, you know, especially the younger drivers talk about Josh Wise all the time and how beneficial he has been to their training and, and you know, just getting them up to speed on, on that side of it. So, you know, that might be a role that he relishes along with his part-time TV work with, with Fox. So, I'll be curious to see how that works out. And, um, you know, that still leaves the 10 open. And, um, you know, I I think we'll hear shortly who's going in that car. I've been told that Cole Custer will remain in the the double zero on the Xfinity side. And um, Riley Herps will remain in in the car that he's currently driving. But um, there were rumblings on... Tuesday morning that we might hear some Carson Hosbar news today, and and I anticipate that he'll be at Spire Motorsports. How long it's going to be Spire Motorsports um, with Gamebridge coming in and and you know their level of support, we'll have to wait and see. But I think that right now the you know the complexion of the sports changing dramatically as you know over the last twelve months. Well, Reed, we've looked at you know Stuart Haas and. You know, they got four cars, but I'm not sure they have sponsorship for maybe even two of the cars. So what, could no, they go to three next year? No, they, they don't because their contract with Ford says you must run four cars. And, so, you know, consequently, I don't think that, um, I think it's way better than a 50-50 proposition that Al Marola is not going to be back in the 10 car. I think, you know, we pretty much all assume that. Um but as far as as far as who the drivers are, um, you know, you you know who three of them are. So um, the fourth remains to be seen. Uh, if Almirola does take a role with Ford, then I think that's even more of an indication that he's not going to be in the ten car next year because that you know if he signs a a multi year deal with Ford, then um, Stuart Haas is relationship with Ford ends after the, or, or at least it's up for renewal at the end of next season. So could be interesting to see how that all plays out. Well, each week on the Riley auto parts pit reporters will give you a chance to go to goprn.com and vote on our poll. And this week's question is, it's not really a question. It's kind of a statement and you get to react advancing in the playoffs. It's fine. The way it is gives too much weight to the regular season should reward postseason consistency more or should only be about wins and leading laps. Last week, we asked you, what are you most excited about with the new schedule? And this is pretty interesting. 40% said Indy back to the Oval. Then we got 31% said the All-Star Race back at North Wilkesboro, and only 29% said Cup being in Iowa. That came from the folks who live in in Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I kind of got a good audience that. in Iowa. Well, but you know, if you have watched what Hy-Vee and IndyCar have been able to do in their, in, you know, 
partnership together to build that track, to build that event. When NASCAR looks at Iowa, if they want to continue to bring out masses of people, you're going to have to have some top-of-the-line entertainment. These 90 hairbands are not going to get it because if you have Ed Sheeran on the IndyCar side and, you know, they bring Bubba whoever on the <laughs> on the cup side. It, I hadn't it, heard of him. Yeah, Bubba whoever. Uh, and not Bubba, no. But anyway, um, it, you're going to have to find some way to entice them to the cornfield. Yeah, it's, it's a great track. I've had a chance to be oh, there a fabulous. couple of times. So, yep, maybe things will, uh, you know, I expect the crowd to show up. The first time to see, can't chance to see the cup drivers there. It's a track and a trek because wherever you stay, you have to drive a little ways to get That's to right. it. That's right. Was it 45 minutes from Des Moines? From Des Moines, yeah. yeah. That's not bad. Nah, not bad. Not, hey, hey. not worse than Michigan. Yeah, I was going to say, that's exactly the place I was going to talk about. You got to get from Michigan, got to get from Detroit or Ann Arbor to get to Michigan. So it's the Irish Hills. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about Las Vegas. That's what's ahead. Stay with us. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pills deliver the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-750-9886. 800-750-9886. 800-750-9886. That's 800-750-9886. Brett McMillan returns with his guests in just a moment. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Are you ready? Because Vintage NASCAR is back. Get ready for some bumper banging fun because in 2024, the Food City 500 is back. That's right, back on concrete, back to sheet metal bending chaos, back to racing the way it ought to be. Grab a spring weekend package today and save 15%. It's the Food City 500 at Bristol Motor Speedway, March 17th, 2024. It'll be St. Patrick's Day, so get ready to party. Visit BristolMotorSpeedway.com for tickets and details. The NASCAR Championship runs through Atlanta Motor Speedway with two thrilling race weekends in 2024. It's win and you're in for the Ambetter Health 400 Spring Weekend, February 23rd to the 25th. Come fall, the Cup Series playoffs begin with the Quaker State 400 available at Walmart on September 7th and 8th. The best way to experience the action is at the track, and you can get the best prices on season, weekend, and single-day tickets through October 31st. Go to AtlantaMotorSpeedway.com to get yours today. Get your short track racing fix with PRNs at the track. Visit GoPRN.com. Now, more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters. And hey, welcome back, along with Reed Spencer from the NASCAR Wire Service and Lee Spencer from CatchFence.com. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. All right, we're going to Las Vegas this week. Uh, first race of the round of eight. Lee, you touched on this just a little bit earlier. That, you know, Last year, Joey Logano won this race and talked about 
how crucial it was for him winning this race because it gave them the next two weeks to fine-tune their car for Phoenix. So in light of that, does that make Las Vegas probably the most important race of this round of the playoffs? Not only this round of the playoffs, probably it's a pivotal race in all of the playoffs because if you if you get this far, right, if you get this far, you win Las Vegas, that's almost like the Willy Wonka golden ticket, right? Because it allows you and your team, it gives you time to relax, gives the team time to relax. I mean, sure, they're going to be getting their, their car prepared for Phoenix because they don't have to worry about Homestead or, or Martinsville. They just have to show up. And be the first one off a of pit road on that last pit stop, right? And, and bingo, you're going to be the the 2023 Cup champion. But um, you know, even even Byron said he, you know, he was in the simulator. He's been working solely on on Las Vegas, and you just kind of they're all kind of in the mindset. Um, if you were locked in, particularly going into Roval, had nothing to worry about. Your your laser focus on Vegas because, uh, like I said, that's the golden ticket. Well, I, I mean, I would have to disagree to some extent because mm. um, I don't think that you can concentrate on Las Vegas at the expense of Martinsville because basically Martinsville and Phoenix use use the short track package. Um, you've got two intermediate speedways prior to that, and we've seen in the past Chase Elliott in 2020, Kevin Harvick before that, had to win the Martinsville race to get to Phoenix and then won Phoenix. So, um, and, and then of course, last year we had the drama at Martinsville that Ross Chastain provided by running the wall in the last, uh, in the last corner. But, you, you know, so I, I, I think you can't solely focus on Las Vegas and, and ignore Martinsville when you're approaching the final round, you know, we're approaching the round of eight. Um, I think you've got to be good at Martinsville and that's a place where I think Byron has to improve. Well, as you look at you know this race this week, then and, and understanding that, but but I think it, as you talk about that, read though, if you win Las Vegas, then you can focus on your Phoenix car. And, oh yeah, and and, and 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 in turn Martinsville, and I understand what you said. It's not the most important race of this round of the playoffs, but that in fact may be Martinsville for most people. Right. No, I I mean I agree. I mean if you win. Las Vegas, which I think William Byron has a good chance to do, then then I think you have to put some effort into Martinsville, though, because that's a test race with the with the short track package, and so I think you've got to see how that performs um, before you go to Phoenix. I don't think that you can just skip Martinsville and say I'm going to try to prepare for Phoenix because, as we've seen when we've gotten to Phoenix, there are surprises in terms of who's fastest and who's not. As you look at this race now, you know, William Byron won the first race at Las Vegas this year. He starts this round of the playoffs with a five-point lead over Martin Truex Jr., nine ahead of Denny Hamlin. He's got six wins this year, Lee. Is he the is he the the guy we look at and say he's been running well enough lately to be considered the favorite to win the championship? I think he has to be the favorite just because of the consistency that he's shown on a variety of tracks. Look, he was sick as a dog on Sunday, and he still finished second. So when you have a situation like that with a driver giving his all despite the odds, despite, you know, whatever adversity he's thrown at him, I mean, you know, that's the one thing where Hendrick Motorsports, and it's probably just the depth of, of their their employees, 
Um, but they, from the you know Chad and Jimmy days or the Ray and Jeff days, they could come back from adversity like no one else. Just about the time you think the 24s out of it, the 48s out of it, they bounce back and win the race. You're like, where the hell did they come from? Byron and and Rudy Fugel have that kind of relationship where they finish each other's sentences. Rudy uh, Byron's got enough respect for Rudy that he lets him make the calls. Um, you know, he doesn't put anything into it. He asks, you know, his advice and he does whatever Rudy tells him to do. And I think that they've got the kind of relationship that really works. And um, you know, I talked to Rudy on Saturday morning and he just, you know, spoke so highly of William and how much he has um matured over the, you know, the time that they've had to work together. And I really think that he's primed to you know, no doubt he's going the championship for. I, I would be absolutely shocked if anything kept him from that. And as long as they keep doing what they've been doing all, all year long, I it would not surprise me in the least that he's our 2023 champion. Yeah, with I mean, with six wins, they really haven't had an extended slump throughout the entire season. They've been probably the most consistent, fast team all year. Larson's had speed quite often, but they've made a lot more mistakes than the 24 car has and 24 team has. So consequently, you know, I think you've got to say he's the favorite going in. I mean, you know, and, and starting with the amount of points that he's starting with, I think what 41 over uh, 41 playoff points, is it that, yep. you know, you've got to consider that a, uh, a huge edge. Yeah. He's got, and he's 20 ahead of the cut line. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's got a mulligan. Yep. Yeah, he does. Well, or at least two stage mulligan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and his most impressive accomplishment this year may, in fact, be getting Rick Kendrick to wear one of those big hats. Oh, God. Please. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like Rick and the big hat? No, but I could have used one of those. It probably would have kept me from getting the little boo-boo on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. It does. I could have used one in Texas. There you go. I need that kind of shade on my head. Yeah, no kidding. All right. And when we come back, time for our white flag lap. Stay with us. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Get ultimate durability and extreme weather performance with Rain-X Advantage wiper blades at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase a pair of Rain-X Advantage wiper blades and save $10, plus get two times O Rewards points. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades for free. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit OReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Whether your engine runs daily or only when you need it, C-Max Micro Lubricant is the force you need against carbon buildup that can damage your engine. Combustion causes carbon and other harmful deposits to build up on your engine, fuel system, and transmission. And carbon is like sandpaper rubbing against your engine's internal parts. You don't want that. You want Z-Max Micro Lubricant. It soaks into metal and keeps your vehicle running at peak performance. Find out more at ZMAX.com or visit us on Facebook and Twitter. Protect your engine to the max with Z-Max. There's more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters still to come. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Hi, 
Hi, it's PRN's Brad Gilly. Did you know you could take PRN with you anywhere? That's right. By downloading the PRN mobile app, you can listen to our live race broadcast from anywhere. Make sure you don't miss a second of the action from the track. Download today for station listings and on-demand access to your favorite studio shows like Fast Talk, The Pit Reporters, or Garage Pass. Get all the latest racing information at your fingertips with the PRN mobile app. Available in the Apple App Store and on Google Play. Hey, I'm Corley Joy for Speedway Children's Charities. The mission for Speedway Children's Charities has remained true since its founding almost 40 years ago. To care for children in educational, financial, social, and medical needs in order to help them lead happy and productive lives. So many children have benefited from our group in the past, but we need your help now more than ever. There's so much we can do when we all join together, so let's start today. Visit SpeedwayCharities.org to learn more. I thank you in advance for your help. Follow at PRN Live on Twitter for show news and information. Now more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. Hey, welcome back. Time now for our white flag laps. And first up from catchfence.com, it's Lee Spencer. Thank you. You just finished talking about Rick Hendrick. And uh, for open wheel fans, Thursday is going to be a little bit of, of Christmas in uh, October because Kyle Larson's going to do his rookie orientation program at the big track at Indianapolis Motor Speedway with Errol McLaren. I think we've all been waiting for this. We want to see what he's capable of doing. We've talked about him being a generational talent, the best driver of, of his generation, and now we're going to see what he can do behind the wheel of an Indy car. Uh, just a little, you know, a little appetizer before the Indy 500, but I'm excited. Can he, can he do better than Kurt Busch did? We'll wait and see. All right. Next up from the NASCAR Wire Service, it's Reed Spencer. I like Martin Truex Jr. Um, I think he's a straight shooter and a good guy, but I don't think he deserves to be in the round of eight of the playoffs because I think, you know, with a best finish of 17th in six races, an average finish of about 21st, there's got to be some way that even if you're the regular season champion, that you're penalized for poor performance in the first round. Yes, he squeaked by Bristol by the skin of his teeth, got to the next round, and then got all of his playoff points back. I think there needs to be some sort of penalty for poor performance in round one where you're not automatically going from the last seed to the first seed to start the next round. Just my opinion. All right. Well, there's been an age-old battle. We talked a little bit about it earlier in NASCAR as to how to determine a champion. Should the champ be the winningest driver or the driver who is the most consistent throughout the year? A winless driver has never won the cup championship, but guys with just one win have. It's not been unusual for the winningest driver not to win the championship. Now, while that may have been one of the things that NASCAR drove that, that drove NASCAR to the new playoff system more than anything, it was the desire to see the championship battle go down to the last race rather than seeing it decided with, say, three races to go. I think the format they came up with works. And they did a nice job finding the balance in the postseason between encouraging and rewarding wins during the regular season and consistency of performance. Just ask the guy that Reed was talking about, Martin Truex Jr., how big that has been in keeping his championship hopes alive so far. That regular season performance is still paying off for Martin Truex Jr. Will it continue? Well, we'll have to just wait and see. All right, we got Las Vegas this week. 
Lee, who do you like in Las Vegas this week? Man, I, I I like Byron. I mean, I hate to go against him, but uh, it's it's going to be a race with tire management, which we don't get a lot of these days, and and it's going to be fun to watch. Which on that side, it might reward a veteran, but I think William Byron has shown that he can be that guy. All right, Reed, who do you like? I like Willie B. Also, um, second choice is Denny Hamlin because, as Lee said, tire management's important. Denny is one of the best at it. And so I think it's going to be between Denny and Byron as it was at Texas. All right. If one of those guys wins, they get themselves a spot in the final four. All right. It's Las Vegas. They've torn down all the trees to make room for the F1 race downtown, but that's not a problem out of the Speedway. We'll have all the action here on PRN from Las Vegas, and we'll talk to you next week. The O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters on the Performance Racing Network was presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network.